next two hours. How are you, Steve? How are you, Mitch? Very well. Dude. Hi, how are you, man? Good, good. Good to see you. Uh, and uh, as always, lots to talk about from the last seven days at Newcastle United. And uh, I, I wouldn't say it's back down to earth with a bump, Steve. I would just say, you know, the lads have put in such a great effort over the last nine games to go on that unbeaten run that got us from seven points adrift to, you know, at, at one stage, 10, 11 points ahead of the relegation battle. We've just played the European and World Champions and lost 1-0, and there was controversial decisions galore in that game. We've then gone to Everton, dominated them on their own pitch, um, but then, unfortunately, as things happen in football, felt there was a sucker punch. The fallout, as predicted, it's why I keep off Twitter, on a on a nighttime or a daytime after a game was was you know you know expected let's say but for me before I hand it over to you guys I, I was at both games and I like I said with Liam on Tuesday I felt as if we'd we'd enter a new dawn at Chelsea we were competing with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge I've seen a win there I've seen we get a point there I've never seen us dominate them at times at their place. And we did the same again last night. Our first half was superb against Everton. They played really well. We all know we haven't got a, a centre-forward at the moment, a goal scorer, and a bang the ball in the back of the net. But everything else is on course, um, you know, for a, a good finish, I think. And three home games in a row coming up after the, the trip to Spurs, I think we'll see us, you know, see us cement our place in the Premier League and then we can all start dreaming again about Harry Kane and Mbappe pulling on a Newcastle shirt. But I personally um, am still very, very happy. And I sang my heart out, clapped the lads off the pitch. Um, I'm just proud to be a Newcastle fan. And I stood with Ross Gregory last night. Ross is a, a you know a journalist. You call him old school journalist now. I mean, I remember him from back in the days at the Gateshead Post when I was, um, you know honing my talents as a self-publicist. And he, he he scooped it up as a as a journalist. And we stood, because I like to go in the ground early. I don't drink, I don't, you know, go into games these days. And I like to get in early and soak up the atmosphere and watch the lads warming up. And him and I stood together for about 15, 20 minutes. And, we're, we're, you know, we've been there through the good times and the bad times. We've been there through the Keegan times. And we stood there and we both said, you know, this is the this is the start of a new era. This is... Trippier, and we've said it on this show, Trippier is our new Barry Venison or Brian Kilclain, call him what you want. It's a new dawn, it's a new era, and it's an exciting one, and just got to enjoy it, you know. We've just got to enjoy it, and um, think before you tweet the campaign we did really, really early on with NUFC Matters, and it was about cyberbullying and, and stuff like that, of course, but it still falls into the... For me, the Newcastle narrative. Think before you tweet about the team. Don't go on social media and have a knee-jerk reaction straight away that you're going to regret the next morning when you've sobered up or when you've had a chance to rewatch something. Because these players are trying. They are running themselves into the ground. They're listening to the manager. And they're responding to the support from the supporters. And for me, um, we have got our club back but we've now got a club to be proud of. And, and for me, I, I, I am, I've always been proud of being a Newcastle fan, proud of being from the North East. But you know what? I'm now proud of my football club. And, and that, that is something I haven't been able to say for 14 years. And I'm proud of them on, on the pitch and I'm proud of them off the pitch. And I genuinely feel 
we are going to win a trophy at some point with this ownership. And I, God, I never thought I'd say that again. I've been stuck in this Ashley bubble like everybody else, this doom and gloom bubble. But you know what, lads? I'm not very often I take time to have a, a rant or have, have or, you know, have, have, have a say, but that wasn't a rant. That was me just being me and being passionate about the club that I love. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's great. It's a great time to be a Newcastle fan. And just enjoy it, people. Just enjoy it. Don't get sucked into bullshit on Twitter. Just enjoy it. It's there to be enjoyed. That's what it is. It's a football club. Enjoy it. Steve, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Mitch, what's your thoughts? <laughs> Good night. Thanks very much, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. No, I mean, absolutely. Sick. You know what? It, what I would say is that it must be great going to away games now with more than hope in in because in in sometimes there was you you went in your travel you guys especially the guys who've been traveling you know all all the way through the ash year they've been going and they've been putting up with all sorts from away fans from the club itself uh, displays by the players but to now be going and traveling around the country and and I'm not saying expecting good performances but they know that the, the capability within the team. And, and I think the first thing we've got to say about the last two games, Steve, well, three, if you want to count Southampton, fine. I mean, Southampton was a great win, uh, great, another great performance. But what we do, what happened is we got done in the last five minutes in both games. We competed, as you say, with, with the, the European and world champions uh, last Sunday. And I, I agree with you. I thought it was a, a great display. I thought that... And you used the word dominate, Steve. I think what we did was we we were we out out coached them. You know, the, the 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 our manager went out there and and took the bull by the horns and said, you know, I can I can out coach you. I can put a I can put a team together, and I can put a shape of a team together that can compete and and more than likely nullify anything, Mister Tuchel, that you can put together. And I thought he did that admirably on on Sunday. Um, and then yesterday, as you say, going to what was always going to be a white hot atmosphere. I mean, I think if 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 we'd got an early goal, I think you would have seen a totally different Goodison to the Goodison that the press have been raving about over over the last twelve or fifteen or eighteen hours since that game finished. Um, you know, I mean, the stuff that we've heard that, that you know. That, Goodison's this, Goodison's that. Goodison's an old school ground where everybody's on top of each other, and they would have been on top of that team. They would have, they would have absolutely ripped that team apart if that team had gone one nil down. Um, I thought that we, I thought that we frustrated them. Um, I thought that they had very little to offer in the way of attacking. Um, I thought that our midfield played really well. I thought that of the two teams, we were the one that wanted to keep the ball on the deck. And I'm sure we'll we'll come to individual performances. But we cannot knock them. We've gone, you know, nine games unbeaten. We've dragged ourselves up from, you know, what was the pit of despair into what's looking like a a, a very, very good finish to the season and everything coming for the, for the start of next season with new signings and with with a newfound confidence and a newfound hope within the club. Um, 
that is just getting stronger and stronger, as you say, Steve. Um, I cannot knock. I cannot knock the players. I can't knock. I mean, what I can, I can look at individual performances and I can question certain aspects of the game, as most people can. But in terms of the endeavour that we saw being put in last night, um, from the start and eleven, I thought that they worked their socks off. And uh, I think if I'm going to say anything, that would be that if there has been criticism on social media. It's probably because of disappointment, um, and that's it. That's it's just the word disappointment. We're all disappointed because we all want to win, and we all hope we can win, and we all thought that that you know. But for that ridiculous fourteen minutes of of added on time with some bloke who ties himself to the post for God's sake, you know that that's where we lost where we meant them a little bit. But uh, no, can't knock them, Steve. And uh, what was going to be thirty, what? 10-second answers, uh, a 10-second answer or a 30-second answer turned into five minutes because I'm like you, I'm, I'm excited for the future. Yeah, Mitch, uh, for, for me, it was, you know, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was disappointing. We were expecting well, a win, I mean, pretty much. But what, what was your take on it? I'll, I'll follow from what Steve just said there, actually, about that 14-minute break. Do not underestimate the impact that that had on the game. It took the momentum away from us. They were on the ropes. Yeah. If it was a boxing match, they were on the ropes. And they had that 14 minutes, to, and, and I think they came back from that 14 minutes probably a bit more organised and a bit more reinvigorated than we were. We've had three games in the space of, what, eight, nine days away from home. Um, we've not been in a position to play the same team twice through combination of tiredness and, and injuries. Um, we've, if you said earlier in the season, right, we've got these three away games in a row, we're going to get three points from them. I think a lot of people would have been happy with that. But I think because of the, the momentum we've gained and because we looked at that on the back of the performance at Chelsea and said, hey, we stick another shift in like that, we're going to be quite... Uh, quite in, in line here to go to Goodison and get something. And I think we all felt that. Um, and I think disappointment's a very good way of putting it also. I'm gobsmacked at the range of opinions I've seen in the, in, since last night and through the day today. Gobsmacked by a section of our fan base who seem to be almost locked in a um, Stockholm Syndrome from Mike Ashley's time. Whereby we're not allowed to have nice things. This this doesn't happen to us. This can't happen to us. And we're going to get relegated now because we didn't get three points last night. And doom and gloom. And I can't believe that. But I've seen it. To the point where I've actually had to mute a couple of people just to calm it down and not to see that, that line of misery on me timely. Um, because I think that's extreme. Um, it, it belittles the efforts of the previous nine games unbeaten for me. Um, like I say, it's a, it, it's, it's a almost a defensive posture to not be disappointed because of a one-game disappointment. So let's set ourselves up to be ultimately disappointed by saying, right, we're relegated now. And it's all Chris Wood's fault. You know, and, and for the lack of a goal scorer, if we'd had a Callum Wilson to come off the bench last night, I think, again, different game. It, it it's it's frustrated us 
but that's not to say I'm criticising anybody who feels like that. I kind of understand it. As I say, I think I, I choose the word Stockholm Syndrome very carefully there. It's almost like we've been beaten into this negative mindset that we're not allowed to have nice things. It's the same mindset when the takeover stalled that got us a lot of criticism because we stayed positive about this for the most part. And even though people probably understand why we were more positive most of the time than most people now, even with that factored in, I can understand why we sometimes took a bit of flack for that because we were positive because we had information that kept us positive and kept us upbeat about it all. And we've got to, I think we've got to get out of that negative mentality as a fan base. We've got to get out of that assumption that we're not allowed to have the nice things. We've got to get out of the mindset and grow. We need to grow because that mindset also carries the things like, oh, well, you've only been a fan for five minutes and you're not allowed to have tickets for the game and da di da da you know? Um... I, I, the whole way they handled that protest, by the way, just seeing that on the on the screen, was farcical, mind. Yeah. From from stewards, how did he have enough time to get on the pitch, up the goalpost, and get two tied cable ties around his bloody neck? And yes, I gather there were specialist ties, and that's why a robust pair of scissors probably wouldn't have been enough for them. But neither were those bloody ball croppers the right tool either. There was even a suggestion that a steward got handed a knife by somebody in the crowd to help, and he give him it back. Ah. <laughs> yes, there's a suggestion from the Everton fans today. Somebody in the end oh, in the Everton uh, produced a knife to give to one of the stewards to help cut the ties. And after the farce ha- ended, the steward handed the knife back to the lad in the gr- in the crowd. You know, it shambolic. And, and and I do actually, and this sounds like sour grapes now, but I do believe that needs investigating. How on earth could that incident happen? It shouldn't have been allowed to happen. He shouldn't have had the time to get himself up against the post and tie to it. it, it you know, it, it's it's farcical. They even give um, him a lap of honour. They even let him do a lap of honour. I mean, why did they just not take him straight out into the far corner? I, I love how. Directly opposite oh, corner. Joke. I, 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 I love how the, <laughs> excuse me. I love how the, the the mention from the police today is that another another fan was arrested for encroaching in the in the area and assault because he jumped on the pitch and tatted the lad. You know, it, it just the entire thing really. It, to look back on it, the day is it, almost amusing. Yeah. Um, but it did, don't underestimate the impact that that had on the game as well. There was, there was shades we, we, of Old as well, wasn't there? With people throwing all sorts of drink bottles and everything as they were parading them around the pitch. Just, just, as, just as they did on, on midweek with uh, with the, the, the Spanish, uh, the, what they call them, the, the manager of Athletic, you know? Yeah, it, 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 the whole thing was farcical and we didn't react to it well. And then we did, I don't think also reacted very well to the, to the sending off. Um, which... Everton are appealing, apparently, which I don't see how. The lad was off the ground, out of control and dangerous, and that's everything that a modern red card is. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's lots of talking points to come out of both the Chelsea game and the Everton game. Um, I've never seen us in a away game in recent memory at one point have 73% of the possession. <laughs> it just, you know, gives a measure 
if how in, in periods of that game it wouldn't be out of order to use the word dominate. But sadly, we did lack a cutting-edge goal threat to make that domination count. Yeah, lots of um, people having that in the chat. I believe Bruno's um, stats from yesterday are almost scary. 93% success rate in passes. You know, the key man on the pitch all round. And yet, pointed individuals who maybe has made mistakes in the goal, you could point at individuals maybe making mistakes in the Chelsea goal as well. But we win as a team and we lose it as a team. And that's the way we've got to look at it. Um, and we can analyse individuals and say, um, you know, another one who I think is genuinely causing um, debate and discussion amongst the fan base is ESM and his introduction in both games. Did he add something to the game or did he take something away from the game? Um but we can sit and have these arguments all day long. The fact of the matter is, is you win, a te- win as a team, when we, we were unbeaten nine on the bounce, there wasn't that much criticism bouncing around for certain individuals. So because we've lost two games in a row, narrowly 1-0, I think we're too quick again to start pointing fingers and calling for people's heads and calling for changes in the team. Um, I think we're, th- this break's come at a good time for physically and mentally. Um and they're on their way over here now. In fact, they might even be here now. Um, and, I, and if they get 70% out of this trip to Dubai of what they got out of the trip to Saudi, then when they come back refreshed, who knows what we could, could be achieving. But we've got to try and keep that positivity for me. Um, I, 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 I worry when I say our fan base so quick to dive back to the old negativity. Um, and I understand it, and I get I get it, but we need to unlearn those old ways, uh, and and try and always try and seek the positives out of things when they go wrong. If we got thumped five now last night, I'd be the first one with a, I'd have a list of bloody problems in the length of my arm. You probably wouldn't shut me up for the next hour, <laughs> but you know it, it, we haven't. Um, we should have won the game. We should have won the Chelsea game. Um, I think last night feels more disappointing because it, we felt it was more winnable. And that was on the back of that outstanding performance at Chelsea. So we've really got to try and keep those positives out um, and look to carry that forward after this little break and when we pick, we pick the, the football up again at Tottenham. Yeah, we're all singing off the same hymn sheet on that one. That's for certain. Uh, evening, lads. Couldn't fault the players' efforts last night, but I think we just lacked that big quality up front. Wilson's such a big player for us. Hopefully he's back soon, says Neil. It does look as if uh, things are starting to move on that front anyway, Neil. So, fingers crossed. Tom says, I'm proud of the team, but losing does make me a bit nervous, and it is down to the last 14 years. It takes time for the mindset to shift. The positive mindset is the default. Yes, Paul Oxley, uh, he says... First half, I thought we looked like a proper good side. All we lacked was a really good striker to finish them off. Uh, Bruno, head and shoulders above everyone, centre-half and another midfielder and a striker. I think Dan Byrne was spot on as well, to be honest, last night. He was my man of the match anyway, uh, from where I was standing. But uh, yeah, Bruno, absolutely immense. What a player uh, we have signed there. There is no doubt about it. Okay, Um, ASM discuss, says Chippers. Uh, a few people want to talk about ASM again. Trolls says, we need to stop bashing ASM and get behind him. Help him find his form again. 
looking down on him won't help anyway. So get behind him and let's enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, John from QTEX says, Ginola used to get as much abuse as ASM back in the day. History forgets the bad. Give ASM a break. He's 25 and he's got the ability to be world class if he wants it enough. Enjoy. Um, yeah, look, I mean... ASM, it creates debate all the time. I mean, he was a sub, he's an impact player. That's the way Eddie Howe seems to be using him at this moment in time anyway. Um, Rumours, of course, which have flown around. Some people say they're true, some people say they're not true. We want to get back into that debate again. We discussed that last week. But um, he's 25. I get the point that, that, that you know, that John John is making and that, you know, that Janola was the same. He got a bit of stick, you know, back in the day. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare Ginola to ASM. I've got to be perfectly honest. From my mindset of what I can remember of the Ginola years, he oozed class and you just love to see him on the ball. I've got to be honest, when I watch ASM, I get nervous. I'm, And, and that's two games in, in quick succession, back to back, where I've turned to Holly and Dave, who I've been at the game with and gone, going to make or break this. He's either going to jinx past six people and strike that ball in the top corner and we're going to win the game, or he's going to gesticulate, roll around on the floor, run into blind alleys, not pass the ball, and he's going to cost us the game. Now, you couldn't directly blame him for either of those defeats in the last few days, um, but watching him is frustrating at times. And he's more Ben Arthur than he is Ginola, John. That's what I would say. Um, Steve, ASM... You know, again, I'm sure we'll be going through this for the next few months and, and into the transfer window. Um, is that somebody Eddie Howe can improve, do you think? And should we be looking to keep a hold of him, improving him and, you know, drilling in, in, into something that may not be there? I mean, I, I think somebody mentioned last night at the match when he was asked what his ambition was. And I think this 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 is true because I think I've heard it as well. Forgive us if I'm wrong. But when he was asked what his ambition was over the next few years, it wasn't to win a trophy for Newcastle. It was to win the Ballon d'Or. All right. <laughs> now, this could be if this could have been in a French newspaper. I don't know. I, I can't quote the source. It was what somebody said last night at the match. Now, if that is true, and that's what he said, it shows a little bit about his character. He, he wants personal success. He's not worried about team success. So, Steve, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, let's just say, if he, if he thinks he can win the Ballon d'Or, then I would probably think that it's going to have to be presented by Cirque du Soleil because that's what he is. He's a trickster. He's a ball player. He's a ball juggler. He's a. He's got very, very fast feet. I like the guy. I love... I was a Lauren Robert fan when loads of the East Stand where I was sitting at the time were getting on his back. I thought Ginola was absolutely sublime. Fantastic football. I had all the skills. I love... I love that flamboyancy. Jinky Jim Smith was my favourite footballer ever when he played for Newcastle. And many people would look back and go, what, you didn't like Sutomac? I didn't say I didn't like Sutomac. No, what, you didn't like John Tudor? I didn't say I didn't like John Tudor. What I'm saying is players like, there was like, it was like, it was like Smithy. It was when other, from other clubs, Peter Marinello, uh, Willie Morgan, who played for Man United, wingers like that, players who could take people on, drop a shoulder and get past. I love Ryan Giggs as a footballer. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. You know, unfortunately, had, for, for him, well, I've seen unfortunately for him because he only won, what, 14 championships or something, but he only had one foot. What you've got with, what you've got with, with 
with ESM is you've got you've got a ball player, you've got a guy who can beat anybody on his day. We've got a footballer who I don't think he's got a very good pass on him. I don't think he's I don't think he's quite learned how to pass a ball. And I'm, and that's if if we're saying that Eddie Howe can change him and Eddie Howe can bring a new dimension to his game, that's the dimension that we're probably going to have to look at in training. We're going to have to say we're going to have to. You've got all the skills in the world, son. We're going to teach you how to while you're doing them. Also, lift your head up and play sometimes the percentage ball, the easy pass, the ball that's going to win the game for your teammates, not necessarily win the game for you. You know, bringing other people into it. Um, he, he takes, you know, he takes, a, and, and I saw people going on saying Awobi was, you know, marked them out and double tapped them and all that, and the two him and Coleman. Um, no, that, that's just a good coach on the on the up from the opposition saying to a player, right now he's come on, follow him, block him, make sure that anything he tries to do, we've studied the videos, we know how he's going to turn you, we know how he's going to come inside, and when he does come inside, especially from the left hand side, he, he tends <coughs> to. Immediately take a shot. He doesn't look for the pass. Um, it tends to be slightly different on the left hand side. It, it, it's just something about them. And and, a, and other opposition managers will have spotted that because that's why they have the, all these technical people around them who study games and videos. And you know, I listened to a player yesterday talking about that that very nature of of spending an hour, um, two days before a game where they're shown videos and shown little snippets specific to them, specific to target what they are what they want them to do and what they want them to look out for in terms of what the opposition can do. And ASM's going to have to learn that. If you've, and, and he has got the he has got the ability to probably win the Ballon d'Or, but he's not going to win it by running into blind alleys at Goodison Park or falling on, it, falling on his face at, at, at Chelsea. You know, he's, he's going to win it by putting in the, the absolute graft that's needed um, in the same way as Lionel Messi can can play a pass, he can take a pass, he can score a goal, he can lay a goal on. That's why he won all his Ballon d'Ors. Um, that's why Ronaldo wins Ballon d'Ors, because he can head the ball, he can kick the ball, he can hit it with both feet, he can drop a shoulder. He, he's sublimely quick, but he knows how to be dynamic with it, you know. And I hope ASM can learn. I hope that's what he can bring to Pinicastle United, because a player like that... With those qualities and attributes, would be an asset to any team. I just worry that that he thinks he's he's an asset to himself and himself alone. And again, it, that, that's not that's just an observation. That's not a criticism. And at the moment, on the back of the nine wins, what we've had is we've had teams, we've had players putting in as a team eleven, you know, eleven players working for each other, grafting. And when ESM comes in, sometimes we're in the situation where the other the other ten have to do that extra five percent to make up for what he's not, doing, or because of the way that he then takes on the opposition, we have to we have to cover a little bit a different space to when when a player who's playing to a to a tactic and or playing to a formation um, is there. And like I say, I think I think. Come May, I think there's there's big questions that'll be asked. I think there's big decisions to be made at the football club regarding ESM. Decisions from himself, decisions from Eddie Howe, decisions from the owners, and and those decisions will involve who else to bring in, 
Do they bring players in to complement them? Do they bring players in to support them? Do they, or do they bring players in to replace them? That's that's the sort of conversations that we go on. And teams, you know, that's what that's what football clubs do. Football clubs move on. You know, players will move on. Um, I just hate to see them in a black in in a shirt of an opposition when we're playing at St James's Park. That would that would annoy me um, because I'd felt I'd feel as though he hasn't he hasn't if he if he leaves. He's, he will have left without showing us everything that he's got to make him a very good Ballon d'Or winner. Um, I'd love to see him win the Ballon d'Or in a black and white shirt, put it that way. Yeah. Mitch, your thoughts on ESM? Looks, it's a subject we're going to have to get used to talking about over the next few months. Yeah. Look, we, we, you and all are here certain things from inside the club and out you know, around the club and he has some great things and he has some things that make you shake my head and he has some quite preposterous and baffling things um, uh, if I could address ESM directly and I genuinely wish I could the, the, the simple chat I have with him is you can do anything you want you've got all of the talent as a footballer that many footballers have only got 20% of you can do the genius and the different. You can do the unexpected. As someone who grew up reveling in tales about Frank Worthington and Charlie George, Robin Friday, I love a maverick. I love someone with that streak. Um, and if you want to win the Ballon d'Or, go win it. At Newcastle United, make yourself a club legend. Make yourself a hero to... Everybody on Tyneside and all of everybody who follows the club worldwide, make yourself a legend in the Middle East. Next time you come to Dubai to push your Helios game, let's see how many black and white stripes St. Maximins are walking down the street. Because you, and only you, have the power to do that. Because you can. And what frustrates me about them, like many of these players, I hate to see them piss it away. I bet he's a nightmare. I bet he's an absolute nightmare to work with. I bet, for example, for this Dubai trip, there'll have been paperwork to do and they'll have hand passports in and things like that. I bet he was the very last to have it all done. And I've got this image of him doing it on the bloody plane with a bayro. <laughs> wrapped in a blanket complaining about the air conditioning. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. We can take all of that, anything like that, you know, you can be a divot. I've heard stuff about when he come back from France the first time, about not doing the paperwork right, and the club having to dig him out of a hole at the airport, you know. We can take all of that. If you are committed on the pitch and seem to be doing and delivering what we know you can deliver, at the minute, when he comes on the pitch, he's like something out of this bloody game he's promoting in the minute. He's a dice throw. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And that, that, that is a frustrating nature with players with that little touch of genius. That's why we love players with a touch of genius. Because for every, every time he falls on his arse and makes a daft pass and then goes limping off the way he can do, if he then replaces that five minutes later with beating three men and tucking the ball back across the six-yard area for 
somebody to tap it into an open goal. You could give anything for stuff like that. But there's only one man who can decide how that goes. It's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, I go. It's, no, it's nobody else. And 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 if if his attitude off the pitch, if his attitude behind the scenes isn't right, isn't perceived to be right, and that he's not um, picking up to be part of the group, then um, there's only going to be one outcome. Because I suspect in that dressing room, it's Eddie's way or no way. Grand Mar- uh, Marnia and Fanta again, Mitch. People ask him what you're no, doing as usual. Vodka and Red Bull tonight. Vodka and Red Bull. Say, so, yeah, you go. You can never guess. Never second guess what uh, what he's drinking. Okay, time for our first segment. <laughs> The day I met where we ask you to send in photographs of you meeting your favourite uh, favourite players or managers or people who just work at the club. Uh, and big thank you to Val Taylor uh, for sending in this tweet. And uh, we have Shea Given in the back page. Excellent. Kevin Nolan at St James's. You must have a decent seat, Val. You must have us. Shoulder Ami Obi. Yep. And our very own Super Mac, Malcolm McDonald. So, uh, a good little collection there, Val. Thank you very much. Uh, get your uh, DI Mets in to me on Twitter, at uh, Steve Wraith, and uh, we will show them on the show. Marty says he loves Mitch's T-shirt. Well, you can get them on nufcmatters.com. That was one of our uh, very first T-shirts. one of the first ones. One of the first ones. And I'm not sure whether there's still any available, but get yourself on the website, nufcmatters.com. You might be able to get one. Uh, Raymondo, uh, good evening. He says, hi, did you all know that the goalkeeper, six-second rule, is still in the rules? What a joke. Yes, I did know that. And uh, it's it's a farce, to be honest. I'm sure you do know. No, no, it's still in, still there. Christ, you've done it now. Now my dad knows that. He'll add that to the foul throws. He will, yeah. yeah, yeah you, know, you know what's coming. George will be happy. <laughs> George will not be happy. Exactly, he'll not be happy about this. Um, and Tom Dixon says, question, lads. Soon as Wilson is back, do you think Chris Wood will be dropped? No. I no. think... I think we'll go 4-4-2 and I think we'll have Chris Wood and Wilson playing up front because if you look at how Chris Wood played at Burnley, he always played and, and had a great partnership with Barnes at Burnley. And I think that I think Chris Wood with a partner alongside him to take the pressure off and to also act as a foil and, a, and an outlet ball for him um, and, a, and someone who can get onto the flick-ons, I think, I think we'll, at some point in time we'll see Eddie Howe playing them both in a 4-4-2. Yeah, I agree, Mitch. Tend to agree. Also, I think Howe will bring Wilson back carefully. 
and and he'd be brought off the bench much, much more and brought into games properly because I don't think he's ever because we've had this a dearth of bodies up front and lack of quality there, he's been chucked back into quickly a couple of times. Yeah. And we'd, we've got the luxury of being able to get him back properly. And so I don't think as soon as he's back, he'll be in for wood. I think he'll finally come off the bench four or five games. Then they'll talk about what they're going to do. And I think it'll depend on the system that Howe wants to use. It'll be an either-or, depending on the game, or it'll be both if he wants to swap the system around. Yeah, I would agree. OK, uh, don't forget, uh, we have got this raffle, which we are going to draw tonight. Uh, win two tickets for the Alan Shearer event uh, on the 7th of April. Tickets are worth, uh, well, the prize is worth £520. Uh, 99 tickets, and it's a five or a ticket. And I think we're up to 60 tonight. So you've got a one in 60 chance at the moment of winning. Uh, but get your uh, ticket now at nufcmatters.com. Enter the prize draw and you could be going to the dinner of the year with Alan Shearer at St. James's Park on the 7th of April. And don't forget as well, the Food Bank T-shirt. Uh, the Eddie Howe one uh, is still up on my Twitter, at Steve Wraith. Uh, you've got about 45 minutes to bid on that as well. And I've got to be honest, I don't think that one has had a bid yet. And I'm not 100% sure if it has or not. Let me just check. Um, that one, has it had a bid? Just scrolling down. No, it hasn't had a bid at all. Now, this could be the first T-shirt that we haven't had uh, that hasn't sold. Yeah, 100%. There's lots of comments on it. But no bid. So get yourself a bargain at Steve Wraith on Twitter. Give us a follow while you're there and get a bid underneath the T-shirt for the food bank. And uh, you could win that tonight at seven o'clock. We will have our first clue tonight as well. Uh, John has sent that over and we've got two tickets for Crystal Palace at home uh, to give away when you collect your four clues and then have an answer for that question at the end so uh yeah well we're tuning into any ufc matters uh the friday night show at least you can always uh win something alan little says big band uh, big damn burn is my new favorite player yeah he's class last night uh getting on to esm again ian edgar says esm has to realize we play a system now and he can't come on and just do his own thing or he won't be involved roger says do you think miggy's done enough to shift opinions on selling him not for me still gets the ball Turns backwards. Okay, yeah, Almiron um, has benefited from this squad rotation and a bit of COVID in the squad and uh, a couple of, you know, hamstrings getting twinged. Uh, twinged. Uh, Steve, what, what's your views on Miggy Almiron? Keep him or sell him in the summer? Uh, I, I think you'd be away. I, I think that he hasn't done enough um, in either creating goals or scoring goals to justify the the outlay that first of all was put 20 million pound um he's had ample opportunity um and it just doesn't seem to come off for the lad um you know the, we've seen we've seen videos of him when he was playing uh, in Atlanta and we've seen international performances uh he can hit the ball from 25 30 yards into the top corner he can he can he, I mean the guy can run all day we know that but there's running into blind alleys and there's running into areas that it's just not necessary to run into. Um, and I think that it's not even a player that, that has been sussed out um, because 
I think it's one of those players. If you if you're playing against him, you just go. Well, if you give him the ball, just let him run with it. It's he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to create any. There's not going to be any end product. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna run and run, and then he's gonna trip over the ball, or he's gonna run it out of play. Um, but he's still going to smile. And he's got a nice smile about him, and um, and I, I think I think he's. I don't I don't know whether it's the game, whether the game's too slow for him. Or whether he's just one of those players that thinks every game is a ninety mile an hour game, and that's that's the way that he goes about it, his his business on the pitch. Um, and I, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing the the slide rule passes from midfield, especially in the position that he's playing when he can come off the off the wide berth and 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 slide a ball in. It's not happening, you know. It, it tends to be cut out. He, he's he's quite good in spells on the little intricate one two three fours. And then it falls to pieces as well. So, for me, in the last season and a half, been very, very disappointing. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the ones that uh, that Eddie Howe offloaded, Steve. To be perfectly honest, Mitch Almiron, what's your thoughts on him? There's, there is only so much effervescence and energy can take. Um, I would love him to see see him strike a really good ball at the back of the net or you know do something spectacular with one of those runs but he does just seem to run into blind alleys he also has the he's got the demeanour of somebody if he fell in a barrel of boobs he'd come out something his thumb do you know what I mean he, he just seems to it just it's just nothing seems to come off for him and it was interesting last night there was a couple of comments from the um, American and South American journalists on on Twitter, I don't know if you saw, saying that the feel he's gone backwards, mm. and they don't recognise him as the player that they thought he he left the America to come here as, and it may just be we're not not the right fit at the right time in his career. It, 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 and you said, you know what, you kind of blame the player. You can't say he doesn't try. I, I, I think quite the opposite. Probably trying too hard, maybe. You know. Um, he's, he's been a little bit unlucky with, with injuries as well. He does seem to have um, Emery's glass ankles. And so it's it, it sort of... I think if somebody was to put a decent offer for him in, I've got no doubt the club would accept it, in my mind. Because going forward, as we're rebuilding, um, if we keep the positivity and say, right, we're looking at staying in the Premier League and building the team going forward. Um, I think he's a very useful asset to help balance the books as an outgoing. And I think if a decent offer come in, I suspect they would say, do you know what, we're going to accept this and go with what grace and thank you. Because you, you, you cannot say he's not tried. Yeah. Um, I love his demeanour. I love the fact he's, he's another one who's constantly got a daft smile on his face. I'd rather have that coming into the training ground every day than someone with a face like a slapped arse. You know, you, you, you want that in your squad. And as a squad player, um, you're sort of a perfect fit. But we need to be looking beyond that. Now, and that, and that might sound a little bit arrogant, but, you know, I think if you're, if you're looking at how do you improve that squad, um, you've got to look at who is saleable within that squad to help the improvements and keep everything going um, 
from an FFP perspective, although if Everton or anything to go by, we'll just have a little chat with the Premier League and everything will be all right if we blow it wide open anyway. Yeah, good points. Uh, well made. Keep your questions coming in. We'll try to get through as many as possible. Jordy Toonbalite says, I don't see ASM as possible world-class. Will clock Pep, etc. sign him now and make him work back helping the defender? Not a chance. He's a maverick, not a team player at all. And certainly not a how player. Tom Lynch says, I love Miggy, but just not happening for him. Uh, Yano says, think Miggy's been much better the last two games. Last night he got took off just as he was getting the better of the fullback. Yeah, he, he ran around a lot and yeah, he's, you know, creatively, yeah. I mean, it would be it would be different to see what was happening if, um, you know, if there was a striker up there who could put the ball in the back of the net. Robert got loads of sticks, says Paul. Uh, Tim Cairns says, Miggy will be away to La Liga next season, but we wish him well. Would anyone keep Murphy over Miggy? Now, Murphy is another one who is is, is certainly, you know, hitting the, you know, hitting the chatter amongst Newcastle fans, Steve. I mean, you know, his work rate is, is good. Could he... Could he fall into the category of somebody who could be coached? Though he's young, um, you know he's, you know he's got the he's got the bit between his teeth. He's he's hit the bar a lot um, and hit the post a lot as a Newcastle player. He's created some goals, um, but yeah. What about Murphy? I think Murphy is the sort of player that that Eddie Howe likes. I think because he's a he's a sort of player who listens and learns and puts into practice what he's what he's been shown on the training pitch. Um, and I think that Eddie Howe likes that. And I think he, he likes the graft that, that, that he puts in and he puts it in in the right positions on the pitch. Whether or not there is better out there, um, and I'm sure there is, uh, whether that means that he'll still be in on the Newcastle books next season, um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, you can't, again, another like Miggy, another player that you can't fault the effort that he puts in, um, he has got. He has got when he wants to that that ability to get past his man and and run and 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 do something with the ball. I mean that that the goal that he scored. The, well, he didn't score it, did he? <laughs> he nearly scored it when he hit the post. That little dink, and I think Mitch said a couple of weeks ago that little dink against Brighton. It hit the post, and nine nine times out of ten in training, they go in the net, and you know right. on. In crowd, I, honestly, you, you think how many times he's done that and hit the hit the post? Yeah, yeah. And I, I reckon every day in training he does does sticks one of them in. Absolutely, day in day out. Yeah, I mean the the one thing he's a totally different player to the player that was there when he first came to Newcastle. Um, he's filled out. He's he's no longer the the quiet little lad that he was. I, I sat next to him. On a little feature that they did with the Twelfth Man Project um, and the Be a Game Changer on Match of the Day, or Match of the Day or Match of the Day Two, I think. And um, I sat next to him in the room, and we, there was a conversation off camera that went on for about fifteen minutes, um, just as everybody was acquainting themselves with each other. And um, they were talking about football and they were talking about men mental health and and. Um, he was one of the players that actually came out in the group and and was quite open and and quite chatty. But what he was also was what came over was he was a little lad. He was just a quiet kid, and he it, it it was like this isn't like some superstar footballer. Even though he's playing for Newcastle United, they're in the Premier League, um, but he came over as like a little schoolboy, um, and a quiet schoolboy at that. 
he's certainly blossomed. He's certainly filled out, and he's certainly, um, you know, a lot more vocal um, and probably a lot more confident um, in his own ability and confident among the crowd that he's in. And maybe that's because um, when you first come, it's very difficult to break into little cliques and and such like, um, you know, and, and if you're the youngster, maybe you would be getting a little bit of stick off some of the teammates and you would be, you're the one who, who gets the, the sort of little jibes and stuff like that and the, the butter jokes. But now he's an established player and he's been there four or five seasons. It's, 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 it's come at the right time for him. And uh, I think, like I say, when you look at the player he was and the, and the, and the player he is now and the way that his game's adapted and the way that... Physically, he's bulked up, and and I know that sounds crazy because he's still he's not turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that, you know. But compared to that skinny little rake of a kid that I was sitting next to, he's a totally different physical specimen, you know. Um, he looks he looks muscular, and he looks as though he's toughened up, um, and he look and he has got the speed. So, I'd I'd like to think that the the that the the skills and attributes that he's got can come out that much more and and be a, a, a benefit in your castle moving forward. Because with players like him, there's there's it, it would save money, it would save the opportunity and in, in in terms of the squad and it allows you to then to go to a real big quality. And again, this is the this is the headache that, that Eddie Howe's gonna have, you know. Um who does he who does he leave out? He's had a little bit of a headache in January when he had to leave out Hayden Yes, he was injured. He had to leave out Clark, and that was because he was bringing in a central defender. Um, and he had to leave out Lewis because it was an injury. But they're probably three players that he likes, three players that he gets on with, three players that he admires. And I know that they're probably, from what I'm picking up, three players that like and admire Eddie Howe as a manager, you know, and respect as well. Um, so that's that's the dilemma as a manager that you have. You know, um, you have to make some very, very difficult decisions, but you're making the decisions not for yourself. You're making them for the football club. And I think professional football, as the true professionals, they understand that. And they understand that, you know, when the manager takes them one side and said, sorry, you dropped from the squad or sorry, I'm going to be listening to the office for you. They understand that that's just business. And... I'm sure Jacob Murphy would be exactly the same if uh, that happened to him and he had that call and he had those signals from from Eddie Howe moving forward. But uh, I think there's still a place for him, still a part for him. Um, yep. Yeah, I'll come to you on that in a second, Mitch. Mark Lowe says, did Miggy ever get the chance to play in his natural position? Paul Oxley says, no end product from Almiron. He's not a kid. Move him on. Uh, Jody Toon for life says, you can't play Miggy on the right because nine times out of ten, he cuts back in on his left foot. He can't cross with his right foot. He's wasted out on the right. Um, but yeah, Murphy's another one, Mitch, isn't it? Who, you know, mm -hmm. again, you know, he... He sets the fans against each other. You know, there's a bit of a divide. Some people love him, I like if, him. I think I think we can work with him, but other people don't. Counter question to that statement, by the way. What is his natural position? You tell me. <laughs> I you always had him me. down as a bit of a a bit of a Perez. When he when he played at Atlanta uh, in the states, he was he was basically the number ten off of a big number eight. With effectively a free role to do what he wanted. So if that's his natural position, bearing in mind we played how many, how how many false tens at one point, and he wasn't one of them. <laughs> so he was down the 
down the pecking order there even. You know, um, but if that's his natural position, yeah, well, I'd probably play him in his natural position, but I'm not convinced that that is his natural position in the Premier League. I think it's too lightweight. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, that that would be my counter to, to that question. Um, Murphy offers more versatility than Miggy. You can drop him anywhere on the right-hand side. He's played right back, he's played right wing back, he's played right wing, he's played left wing. Um, he's... He's improved his game. He went away in a year on loan and come back a better player for it. Didn't complain. Didn't hear him whinging about it. He just got on with it and come back a better player. He's physically bigger. That's a relative term, but he is because he's got to be in the Premier League. Um, I think he he can take a free kick. You know, he, he, I think he genuinely offers a little bit more versatility. And I think if you were going to say it to me, we're building the squad for next season and there's a place in the squad for somebody who can cover a lot of bases um, and we've got a choice between we keep Miggy in the squad and Murphy in the squad. It's Murphy for me. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you who I like in Murphy too. He's one ex Matt Ritchie. You'll be around for a while. You'll cover a number of play- positions none of which are necessarily the position he wants to or is ever made a name playing, but he'll be there and he'll work his arse off if he gets, gets the opportunity. He's work, it, it, there's a thing I follow on Twitter called The Other 14, and it looks at the stats of players outside of the so-called Big Six. And if you look at the midfield and attacking midfield stats, Murphy tops the lot then. And it's based off one thing, his work rate. Interesting. When he gets an opportunity, when he gets game time, the work rate he puts in carries him in terms of tackles per 30 minutes, um, passes, dribbles, men beaten. Um, the only player he doesn't beat in terms of men beaten with the ball, interestingly, is ESM. <laughs> so, what well, arguments now have just come full circle, hasn't it? You know, it has. Um, and so, and, and that's why, you know, again, come back to him. If I had that chance to sit down with him and have five minutes, you could be anything you want to be. And you, you, he needs to take a leaf out of Murphy's book yeah. about what work rate is and about going the extra mile is. Because the only person that's made a difference to Jacob Murphy in essence, is him. He's been prepared to do the hard yards. And so, yeah, I would have him in. If, if the choice was between Miggy and Murphy for a squad place next season, there's only one choice for me. Okay, uh, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Once again, everyone, just want to say thank you to everybody who subscribes, everybody who watches the show. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Just uh, hit the subscribe yeah, button under the Newcastle Legends logo. That's it. You can subscribe for free. Uh, we have this week's stats in uh, from uh, YouTube. And uh, once again, a fantastic reading. And um, you know, we've had over 4 million views uh, in the last seven, uh, 4 million minutes watched, sorry, in the last uh, four weeks. 415 new subscribers, welcome to you, and over 286,000 total views. So it's amazing uh, to see that, you know, we're still getting 
the same kind of traffic that we were getting during COVID. Just want to thank everybody. And I never mentioned the membership thing, but you can become a member of the channel. Lots of people who are in who are in as moderators are members. You can see they've got little symbols next to them. If you want to join and help us out, then please do. Uh, you can just hit the join button and that's it. But uh, tweet of the week, uh, as always, Barry J. Ingham has Boris walking in his trip to Saudi saying, Eddie's doing a brilliant job, says Boris. But could you do something about uh, some of these prices, please? Um, lots of political satire mixed with football uh, this week, but uh, lots of controversy off the pitch and on the pitch as well. Uh, Kai Havertz owns your football club, says Simon, who's a Chelsea fan. Uh, Connor, who's a Newcastle fan, replied, and no one owns yours. <laughs> Which I thought was really good. You set it up and Connor will knock it away. Uh, Nobby's Trumpet in tomorrow's edition of Ask Eddie How. Uh, Neil Custis from The Sun will ask the Newcastle manager is time linear or circular? Ah, very good. Like a, <laughs> like a style. I did like that one, yeah. Uh, this one was uh, George Frizzle. Big Dan Byrne looking massive on the screen at Stamford Bridge today and maybe he looked seven or eight foot tall to Kai Havertz when he elbowed Big Dan in the chops. Uh, I just love the use of the word chops. Uh, it's such a such an old phrase that, but I did, I did like that. Uh, this one was from Mark Tate. I don't know how these people sleep at night. Evening standard headline: Red Bull thieves steal eight hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of energy drink in staggering heist in Belgium. <laughs> uh, this one was from uh, Straffy. Uh, he says, "How true is this, Steve Wraith? Full time VAR one, Newcastle nil. Yes, yep. we did get uh, we did get robbed in that game, mate. Uh, Wayne Bennett um, sent this one to us all. Checking club badge on the video. <laughs> Very, very apt uh, as well. Paddy Power, as always, tend to feature on here. On today's evidence, you'd have to say N'Golo Kante will be a good backup option uh, option for Joe Linton next season. <laughs> Thanks for Andy Dobson uh, sending us that one. And Gabby Abonglaho, as never far from Newcastle fans' thoughts. We've just identified the man operating VAR at the Chelsea match, uh, Chelsea-Newcastle match, uh, said Rob Fazer. Yes, I... And this one... Uh, was from Wayne Bennett, the referee from Chelsea versus Newcastle match drives home. Yeah, straight, into, <laughs> straight into straight into quick uh, spec savers. Um, Stuart Ames has just sent me a request. He says, "Can you continue to say the VAR is switched off when preview, previewing a game again?" That's because every time I've said that, we've uh, tended to pick up a result. Um, I do like to send things that I've be, uh, occasionally put things up that I've been sent. Most of them are X-rated, but this one was quite funny. Chelsea versus Newcastle United trading places. <laughs> <laughs> That was excellent. Very good. Very good uh, use of Photoshop. And Kieran Trippier was at it again on his Instagram, uh, just placing himself in the middle there <laughs> in John Terry fashion. And uh, this one was from Gareth Eve. Loved seeing this. Uh, bumped into these two lads at King's Cross earlier. Somebody mentioned they were on the train. This lucky lad managed to bump into them down at King's Cross and get his photo taken. Uh, this one. Um, was uh, on Mark Noble's timeline. He says, all the way from China, uh, Lee Soon Ho then replied, I'm South Korean, not Chinese. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the, the, uh, Nick, Nick from the felon uh, said, um, he, he picked this one up. This is the guy, of course, the, the guy who was busy trying to get this guy 
unattached from the post last night. Uh, would have been getting it off quicker with them Nashes rather than the bold cutters had been the original tweet. <laughs> uh, Nick says, famous scouser Ken Dodd said that one of the biggest regrets in his life was that he never had children. Why I, Doddy? Uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Nick. And Eddie, ha will Eddie Howe be questioned on this? Mark Kleinman's tweet. Uh, the government is racing to finalise a multi-billion pound sovereign investment partnership with Saudi Arabia following a 10 billion deal struck with Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah, there's so much of that going on at the moment. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Ian Hull, breaking news. FA launch independent inquiry into penalty denial. Top French investigator asking, are they all blind? Mining key can see that as a penalty. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, Poor... Yeah, Paul Wheats. The champions of Europe were once so scared of a trip to Borough, they wanted the game behind closed doors. Uh, that, uh, that Bob Mortimer photo must get it gets really used a lot, doesn't it? Lee Foster, I uh, was always good for a quip. Four four two said, "What's the single weirdest thing that's ever happened to your club?" Uh, he posted this, uh, <laughs> and he just put twice. <laughs> which which is good. Um, Wayne Bennett said, "This as well. Finally, some clothes for drunk people." <laughs> <laughs> almost as good as the one uh, the Greggs one that one um, this one as well from John Whitley who featured on the DI Met a couple of weeks ago did you get stuck no I'm delivering an effing bridge and <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was from 100% Mags it was great to see Eddie Howe and the wee man Ryan Fraser paying tribute to Ghost the film <laughs> oh, uh, this one was from Gavin. Tweet of the week contender, a bit of a healthy banter with Bristol Rovers fan. Elliot and, and then it's based there. Elliot Anderson's magic hat. He wears a magic hat. He's on loan from Newcastle, and we're never giving him back. Uh, shoots with his left, and he shoots with his right. And when we get promoted, we'll sing this song all night. Um, so Michael Hall did reply with his own. Uh, Elliot's fucking magic. He wears a magic hat. He could have signed for Rovers, but he said no. Uh, that. He wants to play for Eddie in the famous black and white. And when we win the Premier League, we'll sing this song all night. So uh, brilliant stuff. Good banter between football fans. That is what it's all about. Um, all right. Okay. That was not for the tweet of the week. I think that's it. Have I got? Oh, yeah. There was this one as well. Somebody just sent this in and said, could you just show the fact that Storms he wore a Newcastle United top? Uh, at the gig and there's a few people sent us that so yeah there you go Stormzy playing in Newcastle uh, chose to wear a Newcastle United top he's following in great footsteps as a lot of people have done that but uh, keep them coming in send us them all week uh, always good to receive uh, your tweets of the week <laughs> Thanks, as always, to our sponsor, SpiderVPN, for all your internet security. Google SpiderVPN. They come up at the top of the Google search list. They are the boys to trust for protecting your computer. Thanks also to skipsandbins.com, 0800-2545-253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191-389-7245. And the Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks also to Arcot Interiors, based on Heaton Road, for all your kitchen necessities. 
go to Arcot Interiors at the top of the Google search list. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables and walls in Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Klikai. Meet the new game over screen. Drop into a Klee Run device near you. Available on Apple Store, Google Play, and at Game. Thanks to jabsignature.co.uk. And good luck to all the lads at 3D Fight Club. Tomorrow, the press conference went well. I'll be down there tomorrow, giving Dougie Joyce and Dean Lynch-Ward some support and enjoying the boxing. And Media Arts, thank you to you for all the video content. Subscribe to the channel, hit the Newcastle Lo Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. Hit the thumb up to like the video. It is very important. Over 450 watching tonight and 103 of you already hit the thumb up under the video. If you do that, it's free and that does help us out. Uh, drop into the comments to post a question or speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. And uh, click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbean, and the rest. Uh, usually goes up 24 hours after the uh, show finishes. If you want to become a cult member, join NUFC Matters Cult by uh, going over that QR code with your phone, takes you straight to the website, or just go to nufcmatters.com, pay £25, and you can enter uh, our monthly draw. Some great prizes always given away, but you also get a scarf a pen and uh, a cup and a membership card. Uh, so well worth joining that. And anyone who subscribes to the channel, don't forget, we give away a free car sticker. Uh, all you need to do is to apply for your car sticker is uh, simply go to nufcmatters.com, the website, and uh, say you're a subscriber and John will do the rest. He will ping out your wonderful car sticker uh, and that gives us a little bit of support on the road. Uh, we also support the food bank, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. Uh, no matches at the moment at home. Uh, so go to the match day, book it, please, and make a donation today. Tickets are still on sale for an afternoon at the Marlborough Social Club with me, Supermac, Gibble and Holly. Tickets are a tenner from newcastlelegends.com. Get yourself onto there. And uh, don't forget, half an hour to uh, buy your tickets. Win two tickets, VIP tickets, for the Alan Shearer event at St James's Park. That's £520 prize tonight. You've got a 1 in 99 chance of winning. Tickets are a fiver from nufcmatters.com. Bid for the Food Bank t-shirt. I've already mentioned it tonight. Get your bid in. You're going to get it for cheap. At Steve Rafe, at Twitter, bid underneath the t-shirt. Uh, somebody has bid £50 in the chat, uh, but you must do it on the Twitter account. Must bid under there, so we've got complete transparency as to who uh, wins. Okay, lads, let's talk uh, about Shira's bar. It is back, Steve. Uh, how important is that um, in the grand scheme of things, renaming a bar? To some people, it's not important at all. Um, I don't think it's probably that important to Alan, although I'm sure he's absolutely delighted to see his name back up in lights. His name's never been off it. Most of us called it Shira's Bar when it was Nine Bar anyway. Um, but symbolically, I think that it's it's sort of one of those sort of get the brush out, um, not just put the hose pipe on, but, you know, get the disinfectant and everything. And I think that's what it's doing. It's 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 cleaning out everything that, that, was, that was sort of ruined by Mike Ashley. And it's, it's rebuilding. Part of rebuilding the club is given... Giving the heart back to it, giving its soul back, and 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 remembering that we do honour ex-footballers, we do honour heroes, we do keep those heroes um, very much as part of the soul of the club. Alan is part of the soul of the club. Two hundred and sixty goals, you know, 
Um, Jackie Milburn, you know, the soul of the club. Um, Kevin Keegan, uh, Joe Harvey, Sir Bobby Robson. You know, these people will go down in immortality in the history of the club um, for what they've done for us on the pitch, either as players or as managers. And, uh, and Alan had a bar named after him. That bar was there. And somebody decided to take it away out of petulance. And you know what? Like I say we weren't petulant about it. We just went, you know what? When the when it all when it all comes out in the wash and when Ashley's gone, Jira's ball will probably come back and that's basically what's happened. The owners have gone. We want to show Alan that we respected him and we do respect him. And the the ball's back, it'll be renamed, and I'm sure that many people when they walk in will be singing Shira, Shira as they walk through the door. Uh, and quite rightly, because uh, you know, and, and yeah, you never know. Maybe, maybe his will, his son will be in there buying people pints. That would be, that would be a classic, wouldn't it? You know, because um, I'm sure Will will be, be absolutely delighted to be be in a bar named after him. Just don't tell him it's named after your dad. You know, will not remind him. You know, but uh, no, I think I think it's great. I think it, I think it's shown that the owners um, the owners do listen to what the fans uh, have said over the years, all that time when they were interested in buying the football club and slogging away for the four years and people, God knows how many people wrote to them and said, if you do get the club, make sure you rename the bar Shearers. And they've listened and that's what they're doing. So, hey, delighted for Alan. Um, just wonder how much a pint's going to be though. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, uh, Shearers bar, good to see it back. We, we talked about what could the new ownership do when they came in? That would be easy wins. This is one of the easiest. And they've done it. The Ashley era, like other eras in my club's history, that, you know, me and Steve have talked about this when we were in the, the early days of NUSC going into NUST. When you go out to pubs and clubs around the region and you talk to people who are Disconnected from the club in some way, shape, or form. And disconnects come in all sorts of weird and wacky and interesting ways. And I'm damn sure for some fans, the renaming of that bar might have been their final straw. Not many, but I, but I bet there'd be somebody, somebody saying, and then when they renamed that bar, that was me done. <laughs> and so getting reconnection with everybody is part of building the soul back in Newcastle United. Newcastle United, as well we know, is at the heart of the city. It is the heart of the city. Um, the synergy we share with the club is a, is a community and in our worldwide fan base is special. We keep being asked what's special about Newcastle United. It's, it's exactly that, in my opinion. It's something that many clubs never have had and never will have. And that's no disrespect to them. They just connect with their community in a different way. Um, that heartbeat, when you own the football club, you take in your hands the heart of the city and the community. And little wins like that um, mean a lot. 
mean a lot more in goodwill value than they do in actual pounds, shillings, and pence value. And always will. Uh-huh. And they're always the things that if we we sat down and asked, right, a game plan here, how do we get as many fans on board as in as, in as short a time as possible? Right. Do this, do this, do do this. Oh, yeah. Call the Bosch years again. <laughs> you know? All, all these little things are they um, to to help heal? Because as, as this week's shown to me on Twitter in the last, certainly the last 24 hours has shown to me on Twitter, those little wounds are still scabs to be picked at. And so every little way you can help put a plaster on those scabs, even if it's down to renaming a bar, do it. Mm. Because it's it's an easy, simple um, pensions and pence cheap, but goodwill value immense way of doing that. And fair play to them for actually taking heed and identifying things like that, that are simple things to do, that get people excited again. And that's all we want to be, just proud and excited. I, I, suspect, I suspect it's going to be short-term mind, because if we're going to extend the Gallagher end, then there'll be a brand new Shiraz bar under the Gallagher end somewhere in a couple of years' time. So, you know, Alan, don't rest on your laurels, mate. You know, they might be, they might be redoing it again. And uh, you never know, they might call it the ASM bar. Can you imagine if he gets the bar and change? We take it off Shearer and name it ASM because he wins the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know who'll be the first to cut the ribbon on the new bar? Probably be Alan. Yes, because that means that mean, means we've done something ridiculous. Absolutely, you know, yeah. we, we've gone and won something on the on the on the global stage. Or something, you know, ridiculous like that. The man cutting the ribbon would be Bloody Allen. Yeah, because in, in essence, he's becoming like one of us. Yeah, he is one hundred percent. Yeah. All right, time to uh, well, don't need to lighten the mood. We're already in a good mood despite two defeats. Anybody actually going out and using these jokes? I've never, I never asked that. Like, I'm wondering whether anyone's used that obese parrot or what <laughs> joke. Did, let us know. Just Have you had it. any response? Uh, Elliot, I'm, bi- no, I'm uh, biding me time, Steve. I'm biding uh, me time. <laughs> Some of these are definitely 11 o'clock at night jokes, mate, uh, as is this one. But it is race week. I'm having this recurring dream where I think I'm a horse. Last five nights on the trot. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Elliot. Thank you. Keep them coming. Uh, always good to uh, have a bit of a laugh on this show as we do on a regular basis. Let's get back to some of your comments. Uh, the uh, the Shira bar has certainly created a bit of a stir. Uh, Asprilla uh, should have a stand named after him, says Foxy. Uh, homage has been paid to Al, um, so it's time for others, I think. Uh, ASM bar will only be open for 29 minutes, says Geordie Toon for life. Uh 
Alan Little says Joe Harvey definitely deserves a stand or a statue named after him, yeah, rather than that pathetic plaque yeah. at the uh, Gallagher what end. This week, just about that very topic, Steve. I've mentioned it again, yes, yeah. and I think Joe Harvey needs to be recognised. In fact, any of you who travelled to Goodison yesterday or has been to Goodison in the past, um, they need a plinth and a statue akin to the one that they've got of Howard Kendall um, at all, where there's four players on one plinth. It looks, you'd think it would be crowded and wouldn't be a good way of doing it, but if you can get them done properly, then do it like that. Um, that is a really, really good tribute to some of the biggest names at Everton. So well worth well worth having a look at that. Graham Coleman says, for heaven's sake, please don't get our owners to name the Ashley Bar, the Steve Bruce Bar at the ground. I've got no uh, doubt that that will never happen. Uh, Tom says, who remembers Harvey's Bar in the Melbourne stand? It was extended. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, the JFK Memorial Safe Room, says Jeff. <laughs> Jeff always one with like a, a slightly, you know, I don't know, a slightly different opinion to others. I'm not sure whether that will go. Uh, Steve Middlemas says that the terrace bar should be named Pav's Bar, which I would completely agree with um, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, lots of this is uh, lots of this is going to cause debate. But yeah, the terrace bar, uh, as Chris Collins says, one of our sponsors from Arcot Interior says, wonder if they'll do out with the terrace bar. It's a bit crap. Stacks of potential, um, yeah. which I would agree. Rachel says, I'm so happy. Shira's bar is back. I can't wait to go back to it when I'm in Newcastle next. Uh, and Gary just says about Elliot, proper dad jokes. Uh, yes, I would agree. They should name the Gallagher. Uh, That's why I'm name, biting me time. They should name the Gallagher trough after Steve Bruce, says Billy. Um, Bill Burnett says ah. Joe Harvey did a great job as a player and as a manager. And John, always on the ball, says 15 minutes left to enter the draw for the Shira tickets. NUFCMatters.com. <laughs> well done, John. Uh, was Harvey's in the Metro Centre, Steve? There was a Harvey's in the Metro Centre as well, yes, uh, there was. Uh, what about Cernicek's stand? Again, I, I just think it won't go to somebody like that. I think there would be a Keegan stand. I think that would be one of them. I think they would open it to the fans, though. I think that would be the way to do it, Steve, wouldn't it? It would be to, to, to put it out on the official club website, get people to vote. I mean, you know... I'm sure Toon Pools would stand aside for this particular kind of, you know, job. But opening it up to the supporters, opening it up to the supporters and saying, we have a chance for you to come and nominate which which former players or managers should be considered for this. And then you allow the fans to vote. Um, yes, possibly. Um, certainly give the fans the opportunity to put names forward. Um, whether or not you should then go on a, a I don't know, a, a first past the post and then everybody else loses out, or do you go proportional representation? We're talking politics again, yeah, Steve. Um, or whether, or whether it's just we would like to have some ideas of who you fans think we should name things after, and then you know allow the allow the owners to make their own mind up. Um, they'll have their own opinion. We've all got so many different opinions. And I think that I think sometimes if you put a vote out, you put a vote out in the Chronicle, you'd get a different result as you would if you put one out on Newcastle World. Or if you put one out on here and then you put out one out in a fanzine. I think you'd probably end up getting umpteen different different results. Because there's an age thing as well. That, you know, the, the, the people of a certain age who who want a, an ASM or a Genola stand or you know a PAV or a check to because of, of the loss of two 
uh, outstanding footballers from the past. Some people then might want a Keegan, a Beardsley, you know, a Beardsley bar. And so it goes on and on. I think what the club needs to be doing is they need to be recognising ex-players an awful lot more than they did. I think that areas of the ground, um, suites within the ground, we've already got the Harvey Suite in the Milburn. Uh, we've got the we've got the Milburn Stand. We've got the Monker Suite. We've got the Heroes Bar. I think there's a lot more capacity and a lot more um, scope for naming bars within and, and areas within within the ground after certain players, um, whether it be for hospitality purposes. Um, but this is where the the redevelopment of the ground internally as well as externally uh, gives the club all of those options. Um, why does the does the club need just one bar? Is that you know, the, like somebody said, the terrace bar. The terrace bar needs it needs updating as well. It, it terrace bar was great when it first opened, but I don't think that I think it, it's more of an overspill bar, you know, for people because the queues lit recently in in Shearer's bar have been massive. Um, I just feel as though that the the whole dynamic of naming things after people needs to be looked at. Uh, and we need to be uh, the club now needs to start being a lot more respectful of ex players and ex certain ex managers. I was going to say ex managers, but the, we have to draw a line somewhere, don't we? <laughs> and there's certain ones that wouldn't get a look in. And if it, let's face it, if we're if we're relying on on some of us, then you know Steve Bruce wouldn't get a mention. Other people would go back as far as Gordon Lee, and he wouldn't get a mention. Or Richard Dennis, and so it goes on. So it, it's it, it's a difficult difficult one, but uh, I think most of us know who the heroes are, who the players who have done enough at Newcastle to deserve that full recognition. The Beardsleys, the Ferdinands, the Shearers, you know, those type of players. Um, but we've got players from that entertainer squad who were unsung heroes, like Brian Kilclain, for example, you know. Um, it, 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 it just generationally Different people will come up with different things, but uh, yeah, I I just worry when we'll have a poll and and, and then it's sort of, that's it, the line's drawn and yeah, we are open to to being manipulated, fiddled, whatever you want to call it, you know. Is it a a can of worms, Neil? Not necessarily, depends how you manage it. I'm just grateful we don't have anybody in my... Well, legends called Bell, so nobody's talking about creating a Bell end. Um, <laughs> we've we've got something pretty precious, though. And I've said this, and Steve will, will tell you this has been one of my little little bugbears and little little things I've gone on about. I think we had a long chat with Derek Lambais about this. We've got a city centre football ground. So why aren't we making the most of having a city centre football ground? Why don't we have a bar where you can sit and look out the window and look at the pitch? Because I'd go and sit there. And part, the of me fr- <laughs> part of me Friday night, can to strawberry. Well, can to Shearer's. Can have a look at the pitch and the grass grow, then go to strawberry. A little circuit. Thank you very much. That would be my Friday night. I'd be quite happy and I'd do it every bloody Friday night. Because I did something similar for years, just it only really involved going to the strawberry, to be fair. Um, why don't we have a restaurant in that ground with the aim of having a, having a Michelin star in it? Yeah. Aim high. Where, again, you can sit overlooking the pitch, atmosphere St. James's Park, and you're getting high-end dining. 
That and was again, bring bringing something totally different into the city centre in Newcastle and having a different group of people wanting to go there. Yeah. I wasn't I'm telling you now, with, with, an, with an international fan base, that would be a draw. Mm-hmm. Be that with a, a guest chef who's a celebrity name, because they still love the celebrity chefs over here in this part of the world. So, you know, every, every couple of weeks that might change or what have you, or set it up with the aim of getting a Michelin star on the bloody thing, and let's make it proper high-end. Let's deliver as much as we can with that real estate that we have in NE1 that attracts people to the ground. So it becomes what most of the brand new builds are, 24-7, 365 facility. Not just about match days. That you can get an experience at the ground doing something different, something totally different to football, but still based around Newcastle United and its presence in the city centre. And there's there's opportunities there to increase, um, you know, to, to, to increase profile and also generate income when the ground's sitting out of season or weekends when. Uh, the club's away and we're not playing at home we should be encouraging as many people to come through that ground as possible whether that's to sit and watch the grass score with a pint in your hand sit and have some high-end dining and be be, be you know um, sadly unfortunately how many wives would be taking us in James's Park for their Michelin star dinner because I'm going to take you here pet because it's Michelin star but you know what we'd be popular how we, you know, there's so many ways you can do it. Yeah. And we're missing a tr- we, we do miss a trick with that, with a city centre football ground. And and so and, and again, you could name them all after former players. The restaurant would be named after someone. The bar would be named after someone. Yeah, bar at the opposite end. You know, and and so that you say quite rightly, Steve, the the, the redevelopment of the grounds not just an exterior thing, and it's not just about banging seats in. It's also about what do we do with that interior real estate where the wind whistles through when the doors are closed because by God there's some space there you could really use and use totally different on a match day and totally differently not on a match day. 24-7-365. Yeah. I think I'm just, somebody put up there that they named something after Keith Patterson that. If you, if you, we'll ask the drop to be on to that mate. Yeah, well we'll ask let. Lenny and Joe and, and John are onto that already, from what I believe, because I think they're talking about me and a set of stairs uh, after him, the ones that he runs up and down after we score the goal, and he's going absolutely crazy. So that's what they'll name after Keith. There'll be a little set of stairs with a little plaque on. Keith Patterson runs up and down here when Newcastle score. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the other thing there should also be, and just seen something flash across there, is, is look at how you could use the regional talent that we'll have in terms of staging concerts. You know, get get hold of Sam Fender and all of his mates, the people that he's with in the region who have organised festivals and stuff before, and say, right, we want more music here. And we want it not just in the off-season, we want it all through the year. And, and it should be a venue that we all want to go to, no matter what time of the year it is, and it's not necessarily just about the football. And, and But yet the connection is the football and the football club. And that's the beauty of having, you know, prime real estate in the city centre in Newcastle. 
It's the whole point of it being a community football club. That's the key. And um, yeah, I'm sure these new owners will certainly uh, grasp that and, you know, in due course, take the initiative and and, and move forward on those kind of projects. Uh, where's tonight gone? An hour and a half in already. No tunes, uh, no tunes, Stato, um, this week because uh, obviously no game this weekend. So it just means a little bit extra time for this man. <laughs> Good evening, Joe. Oh, Joe. Uh, Substitute the stat or now? Is that what's happening? No, no, extended, extended. Oh, no, it's fine, it's fine. Extra time. How are we? Are we all all right? All yeah. good, mate. Good, good, Hi. good. Hey, last time I managed back-to-back shows, Stu Penman had the same haircut as Hasty. Um, <laughs> well, here we are. I can say that because he's not coming home for a while. Uh, here we are, <coughs> our old ways uh, this past week. We've lost to a crap club with no money and some relegation rivals who've got a worse steward than that miserable get in the Labour Club. Most worryingly, no goals in two matches. But I suppose that's what happens when the club decides to get rid of its famous number nine partway through the season. I love that bar, you know. Toasting loss after loss for Big Mike's mags. In fact, I felt that strongly about it losing its name. I was going to go down and chain myself to the pool table in protest. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, someone's broke into my shed the other night and pinched me red cable ties. So if anybody sees them anywhere, give us a shout and I'll send Raithy and the 3D lads round to sort them out. <laughs> it might be big bolt cutters as well, but they were crap. So good luck to whoever's got them. <laughs> no game now for ages, which I suppose will give Kieran Trippier's foot time to mend. And I don't have to sit on a Saturday night starving in the company of Q-tip, hoping that there'll be a table free in Greg somewhere in the Metro Centre. <laughs> FA Cup weekend then, for those who are interested. I can't say I am, but here we go. But before we get to the FA Cup, there's another big game at the bottom of the Premier League tonight, where Leeds United travel to the excellent Wolves. Wolves are well fancied at 21-20. to 20 with Leeds and the draw both coming in at 5-2. to two. We could really do with a home win tonight to keep that pressure piled on Leeds. Just so you know, Newcastle's relegation odds, 50-1 to one last week, which I all thought, great, we're laughing. But after the week that we've had, they've now dropped to 33-1. to one. So still incredibly unlikely, guys, thankfully. But just to let you know, they have dropped. That will rise again, though, if Leeds get beat tonight. As for the FA Cup, Middlesbrough are 11-2 to to continue the Premier League scalping campaign against Chelsea tomorrow Tietam. I love that Chelsea even had to ask the FA if they could play the game behind closed doors, as every Middlesbrough game's like that anyway. Soon as Ashley gets there, the better, honestly. On Sunday, Palace are favourite to beat Everton. And City are unbackable at 3-10 at St Mary's and Liverpool are 2-7 at Nottingham Forest. City are favourites to lift the FA Cup at 7-4. Liverpool 9-4. Chelsea 4-1. And 12-1 bars the rest, so you can forget about them. 
In terms of the food bank, we've still got 147 quid in the pot thanks to this week's blanks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to include this week's Toon Tickle uh, as part of my food bank bet. So you can guarantee it'll still be 147 quid next week. Speaking of which, I'm going to go for Wolves tonight, followed by four away wins across the FA Cup, which comes in at 20 to 1. You can also get 8 to 1 if you do the same, but you think Palace will beat Everton at Palace. Gamble away, please don't ever chase your losses. Thank you, gentlemen. And before I go, I just want you all to remember hashtag how out, hashtag it's all Chris Woods's fault, and hashtag ASM is shite. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Great stuff, uh, as always, from Joe. And uh, as always, he'll be staying for the next half hour uh, for the uh, for the end of the show. We do have a bid coming on the uh, T-shirt. So um, uh, I'm going to give five more minutes on that. And uh, John is going to draw the uh, the Shearer tickets as well. So uh, we'll leave John to, to do that. And he'll get back to me on the win. Uh, as always, uh, we like to make you laugh on this show. And uh, we have got uh, our favourite section, Tune Lookalikey. Inundated again with these, and uh, this is the first one. Um, this was sent in on uh, Instagram, just seen on Michael oh, Flattery on GMB, and thought of Stephen Henry. However, the pictures don't do it justice. So, Stephen Henry and Michael Flatley, there, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I know what you mean, though. The players, uh, the, the photographs chosen probably don't do them justice, but I can see the, the likeness. Zach sent this tune look alike from left to right. Uh, Timo Werner. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, and Christian Pulisic checking into their hotel in Lille. <laughs> Very good. Probably got the same kind of transport as well. Uh, Norman sent this masterstroke from uh, Ed Howey, the lads, letting Big Dan Byrne and Ryan Fraser celebrate battering Southampton by flying off to Benidorm. Uh, looking like a double act. Very good. Uh, this one uh, was sent oh. in and said, was pleased to bump into Steve Hasty and Heaton Sainsbury's today. He was on good form. <laughs> you know what happened? I, I didn't see that picture and I contacted Mitch and I go, what's going on here? Oh. I, never, I never spoke to anybody in Sainsbury's when I was in before. Oh, so you actually, thought, you actually that, thought that it was real? I, I thought He hadn't seen the picture, so I had to me. screenshot it and send it to him on WhatsApp and say, no, man, it's connected to this bloody picture. He's I, I, went in, I went into Sainsbury's on that, about half an hour earlier, then that popped up just to get a card for Sonny. Happy birthday, Sonny, by the way. I got him his birthday card last weekend. Happy birthday, 16. Must be great being 16. Happy, and happy birthday. Fantastic. Imagine it. Fantastic. Um, wish, wish Newcastle was... was so much potential when I was 16 as there's going to be for him now that he's reached 16. But yeah, I was actually in Sainsbury's at that, at that particular moment. And I, I, I was, what I say to you, Mitch, I've never spoke to anybody. What's going on? I, you, you, you had a proper little rant. I did. <laughs> I didn't see the photo either. I was just about to reply to him and say, oh, how's he doing? Is he well? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one from Mark Byers, uh, Daz Shocks, and uh, Niggy Ruckrath from the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, the, he did like that one, Daz, actually, he did like it. Uh, the corrupt one and the hairy, misshaped dude, guess who I'm talking about? <laughs> well 
<laughs> Very good likeness. Uh, this one from Graham Coleman. Hi, Steve. Ideal for two lookalikey this week. Mike Ashley disguised as Saudi media telecom owner trying to buy Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the look of that Leo Leo, uh, Leo DiCaprio uh, picture as well, that one. Uh, Milburn says, Steve Wraith, lookalikey for Friday. Bez and Rob Lee. Yeah, I tell you what, it is moving that way, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. We'll have to get uh, Rob Lee to twist these melons next time we we'll get him up here. Ugly Camel, uh, Steve Bruce, and this woman from the Ministry of Justice. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, you're saying there's some actually actually some really funny ones. Um, look like Steve Wraith with his uh, wet spam scarf and Alf Garnet with Super Mac and Gibbo. So, it, I was getting compared to Alf Garnet, lads, basically. Because uh, yeah, uh, of your glasses. Because of my glasses this week, I had the I had the old uh, glasses on. So um, I, I, look, and, and somebody said, "Don't take offence." Well, I don't take offence at these things. I genuinely don't. So don't don't never be worried about offending me when when you're doing looking like you. That's the whole point of it. And next up, we've got uh, a little bit of a reference to last night from Wayne Bennett. Another look like this time with Hugh Fernley Whittingsall and that person again. Uh, from from last night, there's lots, okay. lot. We've got inundated with late late ones. Uh, Angus Loughran, yeah, um, <laughs> which uh, Stato, of course, uh, the original Stato. Um, Rose West <laughs> from uh, Daddy Ben Salmon, um, yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, Billy Trey, <laughs> again, that's Hugh Whittensall, again, I think, isn't it? Um, even the guy who did the even the guy who did the old um, the, the Clippers was good as well. Yeah, but Wayne said this one, uh, John Denver. Yeah. The guy who had the uh, the, the bolts, the bolt cutters. Barry <laughs> 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 uh, As I say, we were inundated with this. We've had. Uh, we've I had can the, fix that, you know. Yeah, I bet you can. We've had the we, we've had the yeah. old do, we had the old dog argument at the start of the week as well. Uh, Rachel, just me and uh, Barney chilling. I put I thought you just met Steve Hasty, uh, yeah. and then look who pops up again. Spencer. <laughs> Spencer's on the ball on Twitter. I think Spencer needs his own account because uh, he certainly uh, he keeps an eye on what's going on with his owner. Hundred uh, percent, Mark said Jason Cundy uh, and AEW wrestler QT Marshall. So. There we go, and <laughs> hey, are they your pants, Mitch? These these budgie smugglers, isn't it? They're the black ones that go with the yellow budgie smugglers. I have seen, seen them. I've seen them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that I've got to be honest. That was that was a pretty good one. But believe it or not, we've actually got uh, we have got a couple of which 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 completely outplay them as well. I've got a few more. I told you we had a busy week with this. Um, Paul O'Grady and Alan Pardew, says Tom Dixon. Ah, yeah. Yep. Younger brother. Yeah, he didn't pick on you this week, Steve. Uh, he yeah. went for uh, Thomas Tuchel and Beston Doppelganger, who's an actor. Right. He could play him in the film. Good. Beston huh? Doppelganger. The end of, the end of Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got to put that first. No, no, no. no. Oh, no I've lost that. I've lost that particular. So this... This is a comparison, isn't it? Oh, yeah, this is the comparison. Christopher Reeve. And the guy from the uh, the guy from the shadows. Right. And and he's also got him down as Hank Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's right. pushing it. 
It's pushing it a bit, that. It is pushing it a bit, but I mean, you know, and it took a lot of bit of, bit of doing on the screen, that, but yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I've, I've used it. Uh, Sean Campbell says, it's Cheltenham Week, Tony McCoy and Claire Bolden and some jockey and a TV presenter. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Cheltenham references. Uh, Sutty says, uh, two lookalike, eat crazy frog and Miggy Almiron. <laughs> oh, poor Miggy. <laughs> poor Miggy. Um, coming into the uh, coming into the the final furlong, seen as Oates Cheltenham. Uh, this just gets brought up every every time. Toon yeah. Tipster and Ronnie Cray, aka Tom Hardy and Legend. Um, this one, the cheat from the weekend, and a male and a female version <laughs> from Tim Cairns. I love that we just calls them the cheat. Brilliant. The cheat. Dave Avery, I'm sorry you didn't win this week. There's too many good ones coming up. Uh, he says, what the separated the birth? Obviously, Penman is a lot younger and better looking, but we've got to be nailed on for look lookalikes on the Amigo show this week. <laughs> I'll ask Stu on Wednesday what he thinks about that. Um, Andrew sent this one. Two lookalike for you. Amelia Fox, yeah. Tell, yeah I, don't think either, I don't think either of them would be upset with that kind yeah. of comparison. Um Steve Beaton has been compared to Mitch by Phil. I off the post, I thought the day's show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go on that. Okay, here we are. Top four. At number four, Sharon Marshall sends this. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened. I wonder what that kid grew up to be. <laughs> well done, Sharon. I, I told you there was a few late late arrivals. Um, but the, the top three, uh, oh no, I've got a couple I've missed at the bottom yet. That was Mitch, is Mick, um, um, what you call him, Myers, Mike Myers, is Mitch, <laughs> is that one? Yeah, this is this is the, the the last one before I get to the top three. That's the best one of you, Fernley Witten Soul, and the person who bloody ran on the pitch last night. Okay, here we go then. This is the top three. And number three, <laughs> Kevin McAllister and Mitch, brilliant. We should have had these at Christmas, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> June Tipster <laughs> and Fuller McAllister. That's brilliant, by the way. That is that is really good. But number one has to be this. Sam Chipperfield, remember when Pep made an appearance on Jeremy Kyle? <laughs> that is him. That is him. That is definitely him. That is Pe uh, that is Pep Guardiola on Jeremy Kyle. Hey Sam, great spot that son. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yes. Keep them coming in. Send them to me. Send them to Stato. Send them to uh, Toon Tipster. Send them to Steve Hasty. Send them to Mitch. Whatever. Get them across to us. Uh, we always enjoy going through them. Uh, that is Toon Lookalike for this. Paddy says the bloke uh, starting the protest, staring the protest at Goodison resembles Moxie from Afida's Impact. Quality lookalike, says Roger. Uh, lots of people uh, loving loving that. Um, okay, it is congratulations to David Hall. Congratulations. You are the winner of the Shira tickets. Two tickets, VIP, 520 quid's worth. Uh, so get in touch, please, with John Justice Allen in the chat, uh, and he will sort those out for you. Well done. Uh, you are going to the Shearer event. Uh, we have got another 
uh, three pairs of tickets to give away from the event. So we will knock up another flyer and uh, we will be putting that out soon. So uh, if you haven't won this time, you've got three more attempts. Best of luck with that. Okay, this week's clue. Um, so you need to collect each clue and uh, put them together. This is to win two tickets for Crystal Palace. Your first clue is this. Southern. Okay, so write that down. We will have another three clues over the next three weeks. And uh, you put those clues together and uh, you uh, hopefully get a chance to win those tickets against Crystal Palace at home in a few weeks' time. Should should be uh, should be um, should be an interesting game, that one as well. I think it'd be a good game to be at. Uh, we've got a bid on the T-shirt as well, so I'm going to finish this off. Um, Douglas Hunter, congratulations. You are the winner. £50 for the food bank. Uh, you are the winner. So thank you very much for that. Uh, we will have another T-shirt going up uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we will, again, donate all that money to the food bank. So thanks very much for that. Okay. Uh, we haven't got a game to talk about, of course, Steve, uh, tonight. Um, but what, yeah. Well, yeah. But what we can talk about is the trip away, I guess. And, you know, the, the lads are away to Dubai. They've definitely earned it, haven't they, over this, over, this last, uh, over this last couple of weeks. I mean, to take us from where we were to where we are now, um, you know, going away on a, on a, on a trip worked last time, let's hope it has the same kind of effect. But, you know, what are you, what are you hoping to see uh, when we do pull on our boots again against Tottenham? I'm hoping for recharging the batteries for the lads. I'm hoping that's what comes, and that's the whole purpose of these sort of trips. Uh, take them away, get them working together again, get them mixing, um, recharge the batteries, and and re-energize after two defeats. Just just give them, you know, just level everything off. Just take the pressure away, you know, get away from get away from social media and get away from. From you know, reading the Chronicle and the, and the Castle World and the Shields Gazette, and and just you know concentrating on the little things that Eddie spotted over the last few games that he wants to work on that can that can be the for the betterment of the club, for the betterment of the team, and for the betterment of the performances. That's what it's all about. Um, warm weather that'll be great for them. Uh, Mitch will probably be able to tell us what the weather's going to be like. I think it's probably topping up into the towards the 30s again, Mitch, is it? Uh, late 20s. Ah, it's mid, you know, actually 30s and it, it hit mid 30s last week over the last week, so it's creeping yeah. back there. Yeah. Closer to summer temps, so it's it's certainly warming up here. Yeah, and the complex um, so it's a it's a, a, a superb complex that they're going to where they're going to be doing some you know having the opportunity to play on top class pitches, well looked after, brilliant facilities. Um, you know it's a little bit out of the way from from the mainstream in terms of uh, where you know everything's going on in the city centre where my daughter lives. Um, but it's very much a you know a, a sport complex, isn't it? That they're going to be at, and they're going to have opportunities yeah. to get out and about. I'm sure, but. Uh, the professional footballers and and Eddie Eddie's gone there and you know I don't think you'd get away with saying oh we're just going to go over to Marbella or you know uh, one of these places that we used to go in Spain and and just jolly it up for a few few days and then come back. I think that I think the squad itself um, enjoyed the last trip. I think they got an awful lot out of it. Uh, now the new players that are going to be there, you know, I, I don't think I don't think Chris Wood was on the last trip. 
because I think he was on international duty. So this is again an opportunity for 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 integrating. Uh, Trippier have gone, I'm sure. Um, I, I heard that Kieran Kieran Clark's even gone over, um, and that again shows you that you know Eddie Eddie wants to keep that keep that whole squad together. Then all the lads who are training in midweek are then doing exactly the same. So it's it's just uplifting what they've been doing at Darcy Park, and they're taking it over to Dubai. And they're going to work solid, and they're going to enjoy themselves. But they're going to be professional. Um, and as I say, we'll come back rejuvenated. We'll come back. We've got great opportunity with the home games coming up. Um, and if we can, if we can have those batteries recharged for that, uh, I think that's that's great going into the last few games of the season. Yeah, it's it certainly is, uh, Joe. From your perspective, um, what are you hoping to see the, the you know the, the the lads bring back from from Dubai? You know, and and, and you know you've got to be happy, haven't you, with what's happened over the last few weeks? Absolutely, Stephen. I, I, you know, Mr. Hasty's hit the nail on the head as he often does. I, I think I think the fact that the lads will be together, it's actually quite nice in many ways that we're not looking forward to a trip to Tottenham in the FA Cup on Sunday at eight o'clock or you know something like that. I think what the lads have achieved over the last two and a half months has been nothing short of miraculous, if I'm being honest. And I think what this will give us the opportunity to do is just regroup get back together, think about what we need to do between now and the end of the season. I was really, really hoping, I mean, I don't think Newcastle get relegated, um, but I, I was really, really hoping for that three points last night because I think that would have just sent them on holiday, you know, almost in dreamland. And we could have been thinking about what do we do to finish in the top half of the league as opposed to what do we do to, 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 to maintain our status? So, yeah, um, great chance. I think one of the things that was really nice, yes, they were they were training in Saudi Arabia. Um, yes, you know, they were clearly working on things and, and particularly working on, 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 on the system. Um, but I think one of the best things to come out of it was just how much of a nice time they all uh, apparently had, um, how relaxed it was. It's been really nice this week. I know Eddie Howe was talking about Jamal Lascelles and, and, and talking about how well he's reacted to, to, to being left out of the side. Um, and I think that says a lot about about the, the, the camaraderie. I think it says a lot about the squad. Yes, there's a couple of mercenaries. You talked about one of them earlier on in the show, um, who I don't think will be at Newcastle next season. I won't miss him, but I don't think he'll be there. Um, because I think Eddie Howe's trying to get that blueprint of, you know, this is about teamwork, this is about collectiveness, this is about cohesion. And we haven't got any room for Mavericks. I think one of the interesting things I was thinking about, though, in terms of uh, a trip away and thinking about, you know, um, how far in advance can this squad look? And I really only think this is the squad, you know, for the from now till the end of the season. You were mentioning players earlier, Miggy Almiron, uh, Murphy, Dwight Gale. None of these lads, you know, Matt Ritchie, John Joe Shelby, none of these lads will be at Newcastle next season. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of that. Um, so it, it, we're in a little bit of flux in terms of that. You know, um, let's just plan for the kind of short term, medium term. You know, the, the squad's going to look completely different. We'll sign three, four, five, six players in the summer. I have absolutely no doubt. So, yeah, it's good. It's nice to have a weekend off. Um, I still haven't recovered um, from going to the match with Patterson yet. So it'll be nice just to put my feet up um, and, you know, watch Middlesbrough get B14 nil. <laughs> Mitch, I mean, they're coming across to your neck of the woods. Um, you know, mm. what, what kind of things do you think they'll be getting up to apart from a, a bit of team bonding and um, well, if, you know the, the training? 
If, if people recognise the name Nadal Sheba, which is where the training complex is, you recognise it because that's where Maidan the racecourse is. Um, and the, the facilities there are first class. Um, I gather they've also got full 100% access to the FIFA Medical Centre in Garhood. So anybody who's needing injuries treated has got full access to that during the same time as well. Um, I've got a good idea which bar I've got to go and sit in if I might just stumble across a few people. Um, but let's see. Um, I gather they want to keep it low-key, uh, low-key from a media perspective and low-key from even a meet-and-greet perspective. Uh, I had a, a good chat with Lee Marshall through the week um, about what they want, what they don't want, because I had the opportunity to put a, a, a very intimate buy-invite-only meet-and-greet and Q&A session on if they wanted in a venue here in Dubai. And um, You've got to respect if that's what they want. If they want low-key and they want to focus on the bond, and well, I'm all for it. Uh, and I won't be certainly breaking any confidences or dropping anybody in it. Um, there is the suggestion they may be playing one or two friendlies while they're here, and whether that'll be behind closed doors or not, I don't know. If it's not, I'll certainly be there. Why the hell wouldn't you? <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll get a bit more information this week because I've got enough connections at the, at the FIFA Medical Centre alone, let alone anywhere else, to, to get a few few, few ideas. Um, it's They're coming here at the right time. It's just starting to warm up a little bit. So if they want warm weather training, they want the sun on their back and not necessarily feel too uncomfortable, I had to go down and uh, do some down on JBR this afternoon after I finished work. Uh, and I had a nice little wander around uh, JBR with a lovely little breeze on me back, and it was really, really nice. So they are coming out at a really good time. Probably the optimum time to come here before it starts to get silly hot again. Um, it doesn't have the humidity um, that you can get here sometimes, which just makes it silly. Um, and if they get 50% out of what they got out of the Saudi trip, I'll be delighted. But I'm aware of some of the things that were done on the Saudi trip, again, just through through having good connections here in the Middle East. And um, it it did so much more than just the squad bonding. And so if we get 50% out of this trip, it's worth it. Um, and I think that that timing's good. And I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves. There's a lot more. Obviously, there's a lot more distractions potentially here in Dubai than there are in Saudi. Uh, and and that's the side of things. I remember when Pardew brought everybody over to Abu Dhabi um, and half the squad brought curfew, jumped into taxis and came to Dubai. Um, and it was it sounded like managing a crash. And I get the distinct impression this trip won't be anything like that. It also sounded like the wacky races when they were trying to get back as well. Me, it, it, <laughs> do you know what it is? Me and Pete Redden were, were effectively rounding up Newcastle players out of clubs on Sheikh Zayed Road. Right. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Have you seen this one? Have you seen that one? Well, this one was going there and that one was going there. Right, okay, I'll go there, you go there. Let's see who we can find. Who we can find. And it was, it was like, you know... Accounting for missing kids on a school trip. It was it was chaos. Um, I get the distinct impression this trip won't be that. Nothing like it. It'd be far more professional than that, and I think that's the measure of how changed the club is. Um, I've seen a thing there just on the screen about would we prefer to be in the cup. I think in the position that we're in in the league, no. 
were focused as premiership survival, full stop, and if two weeks in the sun or a week in the sun helps with that, um, that's what they should do. Simple as that. Same answer for you, Joe, on that question. You know, would you have preferred to have been in the Cup? It's FA Cup weekend. We're having a bit of a, a sabbatical from it again this season. But would you have preferred no. to have been in the Cup like Borough? No, absolutely not, Steve. In fact, to be fair, as daft as it's going to sound, I can't think of anything worse. I think, you know, yes, Cup runs are nice. Yes, we all enjoy them. Yes, I remember the, you know, the, the, the Wembley Cup finals, um, you know, but... Listen, we've got to stay up this season. It's absolutely imperative. And, you know, it'd just be our luck for, you know, for Bruno to break his leg in a nothing cup game tomorrow afternoon or whatever. So, now nah, we're better off out of it. We, we, you know, we worry about the Cups next year. Steve, how big a part is that going to play with Everton? I mean, they're still in the Cup at this moment in time. Is that going to be a distraction for them, do you think? I, I, you know what? I think when it gets to this point in the, in the competition, when it gets to the sixth round, I don't think... It, does become a distraction. I think um I think with especially with when you've got a manager that's been there and done the cup and I think you know on on numerous times. Um what I would say with regards our cup and whether I'm excited or disappointed that we're not in the cup, um it was our defeat in the cup against Cambridge that gave us the nine the nine game unbeaten run. It was the shaking of the trees that that created the the hassle and the and the 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 way the fans reacted to that defeat because it was a shocking performance. And we've never really looked back from that. Those nine games came from from a defeat in the cup. Um, so I understand exactly where you come from in that in that respect, Joe. Um, but uh, no, I, I, you know what? I think Everton have been under so much pressure that the cup will be a distraction in a positive way for them, taking the pressure off. Whether it becomes then a distraction if they get into the semi-final, that's a different different kettle of fish altogether. Um, but I, th- I think that Palace might have too much for them, um, perfectly honest. Um, but uh, no, no, I mean, <laughs> the cup for me died in January, so I'm not, I'm not going to harp on about the FA Cup. No, I don't blame you. Uh, Nicholas says, uh, Vinny, Steve, Joe and Mitch, great show. Pint soon, lads. 100%, mate. I'll be over the felon in a few weeks' time. I've got a bit of filming to do uh, shortly, so uh, I won't be getting over. Roger says, show, a super show, amigos. Class getting insights, options, uh, views and optimism. And uh, amigos, followed by a good film for me. Nate says, Dunnell and Dunnell, I got your book order. I will uh, end your uh, DVD order. I'll get them out to you. Uh, in due course. Okay, uh, just a, a shout out about our latest Food Bank t-shirt, the Joe Linton t-shirt. I have pinned it to the top of my Twitter, at Steve Wraith. Get the bids in. This t-shirt is a one-off and will be signed by Joe Linton himself. So get uh, get your bids in, at Steve Wraith on Twitter, and we will announce the winner of that uh, next week. And uh, we have the next pair of tickets up for grabs. So go to nufcmatters.com, win two tickets for the Alan Shearer dinner on the 7th of April. Tickets are a fiver and there are 99 of them. Uh, get yourself into the draw uh, to get uh, a chance to win two tickets on the NUFC Matters table. Uh, and that will be drawn uh, this Friday, the next Friday, sorry, next Friday on the uh, on the show. Okay, uh, as always, Julie Baker uh, goes without saying, it wouldn't be a complete three amigos without this.
Troll of the week, a bit of originality this week from Paddy, the Stubmeister. He says, Steve Wraith <laughs> would go to the opening of a crisp packet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, Bonnie lad. Of there course enough. I would. <laughs> Can I just say, Steve, you, you did an excellent Q&A with Alan Shearer, didn't you, during the week? Yes. Uh, the build-up, and, and I think, it, uh, just a reminder for people, if they want to if they want to go back and, and didn't get the opportunity to hear it live, it's really, really good, uh, well-recommended, um, Alan, on, on absolutely tip-top form, as you were yourself. So, uh, and that, that fits in nicely with... Uh, with with the fact that this two hundred and sixty uh, dinner is on in in his honour, um, and we talked about Shira's bar and it being renamed, but uh, then to have it followed up with this with this dinner is uh, is again testament to what Newcastle United is all about, what the fans are all about, and what our history is about with a with a player like Alan and with a club like we've got. So I think uh, get your get your bids in and uh, try and win yourself a couple of tickets, lads. Well worth, well worth it. It'll be a great night. Fantastic. As always, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to all the moderators. Thanks to Mitch. Thanks to Toon Tipster Joe. And thanks to Steve Hasty. Uh, have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. And uh, no football to spoil it this week, folks. Take care. See you, lads. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.